0: Creativity,
1: episode 46. Creativity is about curiosity and learning, and then taking what you uh, learn and extending it into the unknown, uh, into unexplored uh, territory.
0: You're listening to the Own Your Creativity podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Johnston. I'm an author, professor, and podcaster, and I help people tell their story. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm really excited today because I have with me Brian Demchinski. He is a Montreal freelance editor and writer, the author or co-author of five books, and among them are Soup to Self-Sufficiency, Montreal's Old Brewery Mission with Alan Hustack, and uh, another one is After Auschwitz, One Man's Story, and as-told-to biography of Herman Grunwald from McGill-Queens University Press, and Storied Streets, Montreal in the Literary Imagination with Elaine kalman Knaves And um, the American Library Association chose After Auschwitz as its best university press book published in Canada in 2007. Brian is also the editor of many other books. Since leaving a career job at Montreal Gazette in 2011, he has published in various magazines and newspapers. Much of what he learned as editor and writer came from working at the Gazette and five other Canadian newspapers for 35 years. This is now being transmitted in teaching and mentorship roles, including leading seminars in editing and memoir writing for the Quebec Writers Federation. Among other projects, he is currently at work on a family memoir. Welcome to the show, Brian.
1: Thank you.
0: It's so nice to have you here, and uh, I used to write uh, for the Gazette, and you were my editor back then. I don't know if you remember. But <laughs> I do. Yeah.
1: A lot of people passed by me over the years, but, yeah. I, but uh, and I remember most of them.
0: Oh, so certainly that's certainly i do
1: remember working with you.
0: Yeah, and I remember when your um, the book that you co-authored with um, Knaves came out, uh, Storied Streets, I just loved that book, and I wonder, like, how did you guys come up with that idea? Was it your idea or Elaine's or a combination? How did that, that book come about?
1: I think it was a, a, a combination of the both of us uh, getting on the same wavelength. Uh, Elaine was... Um, one of my main writers when I was the uh, books editor for the Gazette, mm-hmm. and uh, and so we had all these interests in common, and, uh, and a lot of which were related to Montreal writers. And she wrote two books previous to this about Montreal writers: one about the uh, writers of different cultural communities, another one of the, of the major figures. And, and so one day we came up with this idea. We, I, and, I, by the, and by the way, I wanted to write something about Montre- the, uh, what you call the morphology of Montreal. It's streets and, and different places. And so we combined these two ideas in, in the book where we looked at the city of Montreal in history and uh, geographically through the eyes of all the writers or many of the writers who wrote about it.
0: And I there was a part in there that you talked about Mount Royal and and Côte Saint-Catherine and how that's actually the the street that kind of covers over a native pathway. Is that correct? Do you remember yes. that? Yeah. And I Oops. I thought that was so fascinating that you know here we are walking on on sidewalks, concrete and and pavement and then underneath it like if you peeled back those those streets there'd be so many stories that we're walking over.
1: That is absolutely right, and there's many. There's other streets that fit that description, cote Saint Antoine, uh, uh, de la Montagne, which was originally a, an Indian trail that led to the summit of Mount Royal, and so on. And so it it's, it shows you the uh, well the three dimensionality of our of the places that we live or the four-dimensionality, I guess you could say, with the history and so on. Uh, uh, And it's constantly in evolution. Everything is changing.
0: And I also thought it was so interesting that part of Mount Royal used to grow those famous melons that were exported to Britain. Yes. Yeah, it's just amazing, like, the the way that things change, you know. Like, who would ever thought that... In cold Montreal, they grew melons.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's a whole story about that. About where you grow what, according to uh, the, again the geography of the city, the, the southern flank of the mountain, the one that faces the river, of course, is uh, it's more, t- gets better. Uh, more sun and more and more warmth than other parts. So it was actually, I think, in the Westmount area that these melons were uh, popular at one time before uh, to grow. That was before uh, you know the uh, city uh, Westmount actually existed.
0: And you know, I'm learning more about the landscape of montreal historically by reading alan Hustack's uh book about hinks uh Hingston. i don't know if you uh have read that but um i found that really fascinating too about you know um he was apparently the one who hired um osler i think no it's not osler who is it that um, designed the the mount royal park uh, olmsted. olmsted right yeah and so he was the one who actually brought him in and and uh anyways it's also fascinating all this stuff that goes on in history and lives on in place names but we don't necessarily always know the significance of them so you co-wrote a book with alan Hustack um as well about the old brewery mission what was that like for you that experience
1: uh well again it was uh it was for me <clears throat> every time i undertake some kind of a project and this goes to the whole issue of creativity it's uh, it's like a great learning experience and I learned so much about again the city about this particular institution uh, about homelessness and how it's uh, you know the attitudes towards it have are, are evolving so uh, that's it was a, again another interesting um, diversion for me
0: so, what drew you to that topic i mean i 'm sure there are lots of other topics that you could have uh, written about you know either co authored or on your own, but what drew you to that particular topic? Well,
1: in fact, that was a commissioned book and it was uh, okay. originally uh, uh, it was in the hands of uh, Alan. Uh, and uh, but i was, I was brought in by the by the mission by the obm board to to help out and to to make I had a different perspective uh, having been an editor that I could bring to it and and, uh, and create, you know, find the pictures and and, and do some of the writing as well and so on. So it it ended up being a joint project.
0: So do you, in your role as uh, editor for newspapers um, over your 35 years, uh, do you find that there is room for your creativity or is it mostly like a a left brain uh, activity?
1: well it depends on how you define creativity but i think yes and i'll give i'll give you the example of uh, uh of what i'm what i mean in that when i was a business editor, after i was uh book editor, but i mean this applies to both jobs or any job in a newspaper but uh I not i was i managed that department there were about eight reporters in it at the time, and uh, you know, you come in in the morning, and you are facing, you know, the terror of a bl- of blank pages, mm-hmm. not a clue about what's going to go into them. Probably, uh, at that when you first walk in, because uh, you know it depends on so much that's happened overnight or is going to happen that day, and 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 the nature of newspapers is is such that it 's always uh, it 's very fluid you know how how they come, how it all comes together, but by the end of the day, you would have filled those pages with a whole bunch of stories, some of you know we would expect some to be interesting or important and so on, and all the parts mesh together the reporters the the uh, the uh, public relations uh, offices the companies reporting and so on and so forth. Uh, the editing that goes into it, the the creation of the layouts and so on. I'd say that over that that's a fair you know to start from nothing and come out with a a product by the end of the day and then do it again the next day and the next day. That's a that's a uh, I'd say it's a creative process.
0: And so, is that your definition of creativity then?
1: Mm, no, not re- exactly. I mean, that was one thing i did that had a certain element to it but my definition is that create i mean it does apply in this situation but in a more abstract way i'd say creativity is about curiosity and learning and then taking what you uh, learn and extending it into the unknown into unexplored territory, so that you you, you amplify on uh, what you've learned to, and and you go, and create new things out of it. Um, I, this is basically uh, you can certainly apply that in journalism to job like I just described. But uh, I think it has a more general application into uh, into everything that I do in terms of writing. And editing, but especially writing, and in uh, things I enjoy like photography.
0: Okay, and so can you give us an example of how that your definition of creativity manifests in your own life?
1: Well, wow. Okay. Um, Well, I try to you you, a concrete definition. I could go into a, a fairly. Uh, involved story about how I wrote a magazine article.
0: Yeah, tell us that, that uh
1: and, and again, there's a whole bunch of serendipity and there's a bunch of stuff happening and you just have to pay attention to it and then out of it something will come and you can call that part of a creative process. In this case, uh, again, my friend uh, Elaine uh, Kalman-Naves um, uh, suggested that we should... Having since we'd worked together so well before, she says, suggested doing another book, and she wanted to do it on uh, a kind of um, a creative writing, ex- a creative nonfiction exercise about food. And we would go and get writers from across Quebec or across Canada, and everybody would contribute a piece, uh, like a personal journalism piece about some aspect of food in the, in their uh, in their experience. And we uh, somehow it just didn't come together. We couldn't. We didn't find the right publisher, and so on. But meanwhile, I was I got kind of excited by this uh, idea because uh, I had started uh, on on a family memoir, and this and I realized that this would be a way to to construct a piece of it. Uh, and so I went ahead and wrote a, a, a piece called about Borscht. Uh, and how Borst has uh, uh, been an important uh, uh, element, a uh, food thing in our family. And, uh, and it, t- it turned out to be a pretty good piece, I think, because I did manage to publish it in a, in a journal about uh, food called Gastronomica, which was published out of the um, University of California. And uh, and it was part, it was they called it a creative reflection because it was part family memoir and it was part uh, history and it was also about family dynamics and 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 it included a recipe to make borscht so you can't you couldn't lose with that so and along and also another thing is along the way you know you're writing these kind of stories and you're looking for uh, keys or are you looking for that thing that will pull it all together and make it the way as, as good as it can be or, or and along the way I spoke to um, a friend of mine a colleague of, uh, who is of Ukrainian descent Susan Semenak and uh, I assumed and correctly that Borsch was a big element in her family so I asked her about it and we had this discussion and then she said by the way you know that my mother's name is Luba Borscht which literally means love borscht.
0: No way! Um,
1: <laughs> so I thought, you know, when I heard that, you know, I said, ah, I've just been given a gift. You know, now this story, I can f- complete it. I can. I, it'll tie this. This fact will tie the whole thing together, and uh, and I, and I did. I ended it on the, on the, on the notion that that uh, the. Well, the title of the piece is called Borscht, a Love Story," and it's really about how how, as Susan described them, the keepers of the kitchen uh, you know transmit their their knowledge over generations and uh, the recipes are always very personal and so on. And it just it all came together very nicely, and I thought you know th- there's a big part of creativity right there is to recognize a gift when you've been given one and to, and to, and to go with it.
0: Wow, that is a great story. Um so for you then, have you ever been disconnected from your creativity? Have you ever, you know, had writer's block or just, you know, had a protracted period of time where where you weren't being creative?
1: Yeah, uh, yes, I could, you know, and I I mentioned uh, uh, the whole experience of managing uh, a section in a newspaper. And, and and when I went into it, it was very exciting and challenging. But, but because of the state of the newspaper industry, it, it became very much of a, uh, well, i describe it as a soul-crushing uh, uh, treadmill, you know, towards the end. And I was very eager to get out because, in fact, instead of being creative, and uh, and finding learning new things and and, and uh, applying them, I was uh, I was just simply doing things in a in a in a panic because they they had to get done and turning it out day after day after day and that to me was uh, not a good uh, not a good period. It lasted. That was the last couple of years of my um, experience in the newspapers and it led me to 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 leave because I I recognize it. I was going to, it was, it was distorting my character or making me into somebody that I didn't want to be.
0: So what does that mean that you were, um, kind of being forced into being somebody that you didn't want to be?
1: Well, you know, you know, uh, you might, this, you can see sometimes more in retrospect after you've gotten out of a situation or a job, uh, uh, that was uh, not good for you, uh, and that is that you know the the, the stress, the pressure, the uh, the uh, the lack of time to do other things, the lack of time to be creative.
0: Mm-hmm. Really,
1: uh, it it makes you a, a, a less happy person, and, and you'll inflict your unhappiness on other people. And I found that I was doing that to a certain extent, and I, and and what <laughs> an example of this. Uh, 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 at one point, and this is, I assure you, a bit out of character for me, is that we were at a at a meeting of all the uh, uh, department heads and other senior editors once. Uh, a guy was, another guy who was there was goading me about something. It was right in the middle of the... Uh, uh, 2008 and 9 uh, collapse of the economy and I was business editor So uh, uh, and so this is, you know, and he was suggesting that I was that we weren't doing a good enough job because he was all panicked about all his investments and so on and I just blew up I, uh, I, we, we ended up having a set to in the meeting where we were shouting at each other the person leading the meeting had to break us up and so on I thought, God, that's not me I'm not like that normally and uh, so uh, that was one of the signs that uh, it was time to leave
0: yeah I think that that uh, you're right that we often don't realize this and until much later but i think that you know those signs of uh unchar- uncharacteristic behavior um and and not being you know excited to go into work like I, I i know that personally from uh you know teaching and um you know i realized at one point that it was actually becoming more of a chore than it was a joy and um and that the at the reason wasn't the, you know, the, um the, the people I was teaching or the course content, it was that I wasn't leaving time for my own creativity. You know, I was just giving, 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 giving. And then at the end of the day, there wasn't anything left <laughs> for, you know, for me. And, um and I realized how important it was that you need to feed that creativity, you need to create the conditions where that's going to uh, exist, because it will affect your work, and it will affect those people around you. So I think it's really important to be able, you know, to recognize the the those uh, signs, and hopefully before nothing, you know, huge and disasters happens, you know. Yeah,
1: I totally agree. you you've you've described it very well.
0: So when was. So you said that in the last couple of uh, years of being um, in the newspaper trade that that you realized you had to make a change. And and how did you make that change? Like, how did you go from what you were doing for 35 years into into what you do now? How was that bridge accomplished?
1: Well... (laughs) More easily than uh, you might think, especially since the industry was offering our paper many times over now. It was offering buyouts. So I was able to take a buyout, uh, which gave me a little bit of money, and uh, and uh, I went on from there. The, the, leaving the job is not the hard part, but so the what? hard part is that, it, is, is that you have to... Re, uh, to uh, uh, recreate your personality, you have to redefine yourself because the person you were it goes uh, it is gone with the job. You know, you are no longer a person of certain status. You're no longer the editor of a section, or a lawyer, or a or a doctor, or something like that. When you leave your career job, you are just you're back to whoever you were before
0: it can be uh, so devastating eh that when you realize that that a lot of who you thought you were was tied up with the job and then then you're facing a new you know stage of your life and then how how do you figure out? how to go on and how to reinvent yourself. Like, I um, was teaching life writing for many years, and, and a lot of the people that would take my class had just retired and were trying to figure out, like, who am I now and how am I going to face the next 30 years of my life?
1: Well, that's, a, that's exactly it. And, uh, and certainly that was uh, – it, it, you have to be – very conscious of it. You have to be mindful about your, about who you are and what you're doing and where you're going. That's, a, uh, and that's why it, it's, a, you and also look at the positive side of this is that you're losing something. You're losing. You know all those linkages with people that you uh, worked with, and and that, and one uh, the area of creativity that was involved with that, as I've described. But you have this great opportunity to move on into other things, without the pressures of having to go into a uh, a nine to five job or whatever. You know, this is assuming that you have a little backup, as you know in the. Uh, having worked during the good years in the newspaper industry, I do have a bit of a pension. I do, I am able, in good health and able to continue working. And so, uh, uh, and I've also, having been business editor, and I said, you know, learning experience is part of the whole process and what I loved about journalism. I learned a little bit about investing, for example. Mm-hmm. So that helped out, you know, uh, and <laughs> so on and so forth. Uh, you know, in another sense, I think that uh, is uh, uh, creativity uh, is uh, being able to invest your time and your uh, and your uh, curiosity into uh, living p- well. You know, as, as best you can.
0: Hmm, I like that definition too. So, are you working on a, any new projects now? Uh, I am. I'm that you would like on, to talk about. <laughs> well, I'm going to
1: mention it, but I won't go into too much yeah. detail, and I'll explain okay. why. I am working on, as I mentioned, I believe I mentioned, a family memoir. Yes. Uh, and uh, and I'm, I try to do things that are related to it. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I, I have to do a certain amount of uh, work for money mm-hmm. uh, until this one gets off the ground and so that distracts me uh, uh and you know it's a pleasure in a way too to be able to to earn some money and work from writing and editing but it, did, it takes me away from this uh, larger project and uh I, i'm hoping that this year 2017 i'll be getting back to it in a, a big way because 2016 was a, was a was a year of quite a bit of different work coming my way but of of course, I'm not really getting off on the right foot here by going to Asia for five weeks. And you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, who knows? Maybe some wonderful ideas will occur to you while you're there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, good. That's a, that's a positive spin.
0: <laughs> so what's the best advice that you've ever received in terms of pursuing your creativity or incorporating it into your life or just being creative?
1: Ah, uh, well, the best advice as I've given is not doesn't go directly to creativity as such but it is it's important uh, in being able to you know and there's a there's a a cliche a bit of a cliche in in sports called when a player said he's able to stay inside himself which means that he was not—he didn't go all crazy about something—and by being cool and mindful, he was able to do perform properly or do the perform at a peak. And so, I think that uh, that applies to the way that if you want to be creative, you have to be—you uh, have to be able to stay within yourself. And and the best advice in that regard uh, I heard uh, not so long ago is it's not you, it's them, and I'll <laughs> like explain that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's that you in your daily life, in your work, in. Many of the things that you do, you'll run into a lot of negativity in other people as they, they, and they will make you try to, you, they will make you seem like there's some inadequate, inadequacy in yourself or that you're failing them or you're failing a situation and, uh, and, uh, and you, if you're like me, maybe not everybody's like this, but you, you to incorporate this into your into your thinking saying, yeah there is something wrong and I'm and I, and I have to deal with it uh, but a person a wise woman once said to me she said it's not you it's them if you, you can if you realize that that, that the negativity that they're putting on you is actually a product of their own uh, anxieties their own uh, doubts and and so on uh, then then it makes you much more able to cope with it. And if you're able to cope with your with your externals, that will make uh, you know the external situations in your life then you're going to be able to do a lot more uh, that comes out of the internals and that's and that's where the creative part comes in because when you're at uh, at home with yourself and staying within yourself, then you're going to be able to do more things.
0: I like that when you're at home with yourself and uh, because I had never really thought about it from that perspective but I do have a lot of students who say that oh well you know I showed my story to my boyfriend or my girlfriend and and they they didn't get it so I guess it's not good you know so they they often go to people who um, don't even really know what how to give an opinion, you know, about the the work at that time, you know. So they go to the wrong people, or they just listen to their own inner voices of of um, lack of confidence or whatnot, instead of just pursuing that curiosity that you were mentioning earlier. I think that's a a key part of the creative process. Is just you know when when you're inspired or curious by something, then just follow it and see where it leads.
1: Absolutely.
0: So can you? You know, is, is yeah.
1: Go ahead. Just to amplify on that, it says we are, you know, it might be said that we're we're all on the road to oblivion, but it doesn't have to be a treadmill to nowhere.
0: <laughs> did you make that up? I did. That's great. I'm
1: full of that. <laughs> I'll admit that I didn't make it up spontaneously just at this moment, but I did. I did think about it when I uh You know, when when you came to me with this uh, idea of of talking about creativity, and I have to think about it. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I came up with.
0: Cool. So can you share one of your personal habits that contributes to your creative success?
1: Well, first of all, I'm going to say that I'm uh, easily distracted, and that makes me uh, my uh, my habits are not necessarily good. I, I spend far too much time on social media and so on and so forth. However, yeah, one personal habit that I think is uh, is that is uh, that's helpful is to be able to, to keep looking in order to see. Uh, another, and, but that's another way of saying if you're looking and seeing, that will be, it'll help your it'll help you be mindful and, and and again out of that process you can be creative.
0: So you've mentioned mindful uh, a couple of times, and do you do you meditate or do you um, practice some kind of mindfulness?
1: Well, I do in a very uh, loosey goosey way because again. Uh, it's, and I, I, it's something that's on. There you go. It's on my mind these days. Mm-hmm. And so, if you'd talked to me uh, a year ago, I wouldn't have been using that expression. But I'm I'm using it now uh, to see if I can, you know, as part of this ongoing process to uh, help me enjoy my environment more.
0: Oh, okay. And is there a person in your life that inspires you to be creative? And it could be somebody that you actually know or that you used to know.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, yes, there is. And that person is my next-door neighbor. <laughs> uh, his name is Gabor Selassie. You may know the name. He's a, he's a renowned photographer, Uh a,
0: and he yeah, took the photo, he, one of the photos that you sent me, he took it. That's
1: right. Yeah. That's right. He's he's had shows at the National Gallery and uh, or the National Museum in Ottawa and, and various places, all the big museums. He's uh, And he's well into his 80s now. And what's inspirational about him is that, is that he doesn't, he never, it's not only that he doesn't stop, but, his, but this whole idea of, like, his creative process is just totally unimpaired. He just keeps being able to be an artist. Wow. And that that's very inspiring. You know, like I think he's 86 or something mm. at the moment, and, and he keeps himself in good shape, but he keeps his mind in good shape. That's really uh, key to the thing, and uh, and by, by being an artist, by being creative. Mm.
0: Do you have a favorite work of art?
1: I do not. Oh. But I do have things that I like. Such as? Well, um, well, I, I, some poems move me, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, one that I keep on my wall in my office, uh, I found in uh, the New Yorker when uh, after 9-11, uh-huh. and they put out a special section. And, uh, the you know, the title of it says... A lot about that event and about my uh, the way I thought about it. And, and uh, the title of the poem is Try to Praise the Mutilated World. And it, uh, if you want, I can give you a couple lines of yeah, it.
0: Yeah, please do. To...
1: Okay, so it's Try to Praise the Mutilated World, Remember June's Long Days and Wild Strawberries. Drops of wine, the dew, the nettles that methodically overgrow the abandoned homesteads of exiles. And it goes on. Mm. But it ends with praise the mutilated world and the gray feather a thrush lost and the gentle light that strays and vanishes and returns. And that stray, the gentle light straying, vanishing and returning is really um, to me um, It's what it's all about, is that you lose, you win, it comes back, there's an eternal return, and hope for the good stuff.
0: Yes, it's actually ultimately positive. It is. Yeah. Exactly. And is there a favorite quote that inspires you?
1: Oh, I do keep a running, um... Uh, a a quote document that I put quotes in when I see them so I learned that from my friend Joel Janowski, he has a very extensive quote library But so here's one it's from Friedrich Nietzsche who was a madman but he sure had a way with aphorisms (laughs) and it is wisdom is a woman and will only love a warrior
0: oh my goodness that's a lot of food for thought
1: Yep, <laughs> best ones are. One <laughs> another one?
0: Yeah, sure.
1: This one's from Franz Kafka. is uh, about books, which of course are very important to me. He said, the book must be the axe for the frozen sea inside us.
0: I love that one. Yeah, I, I I know that one. And I, I used to actually have that pasted to my wall. I just, I was so inspired by that one. And, you know, it's like um, a frozen axe for the sea inside of us. And it's like, if, if we're not writing, I can't remember exactly, but he says, like, what are we writing for if not for that, you know, to be moved to mm-hmm. that extent? That's yeah, right. that's amazing. So is there anything else that you would like to share with us before we wrap up?
1: Um... I I don't know I think we covered a lot of ground um, yeah. uh, um, it was a, a nice experience I thank you very much for giving me the opportunity because here's the thing I would leave with is that every again it goes to that you know it's easy it would be easy to say oh it's I'm too busy no it doesn't work in my schedule or something like that but whenever I find that I do something like this it it's a, always turns out to be a very positive experience for me, maybe for other people, but it, I'm, again, I'm, uh, it made me dig out those quotes. It made me, it made me uh, think about these things, which are stories always, always buzzing around in the back of your head, but you don't bring it out to the front all the time. So very good,
0: appreciate it.